and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the beautifully jumpered, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. What a wonderful compliment. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome back. This is episode number 129. Coming up on this week's show, we are going to be hearing from the club's main sponsor, Energy Bet. We've also got a bit of an exclusive with Chief Scout Steve Foster making his podcast debut. And also later on in the show, Dave Victor will be joining us to review the Bognor Regis match. So it's going to be quite a packed show this yeah. week. So without further ado, let's crack on. And as always, we start with our friends over at the Supporters yeah. Club. Let's do this then. So Supporters Club update, there's just a one trip to tell you about this week and that is for Halifax this coming Saturday on the 20th of January. Cost for this one is £31 for adults. £28 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members. You have to be up early for this one as coaches depart Brisbane Road at half past nine in the morning and the match kicks off at 3pm. If you'd like to book, you can book via the travel line on 077122135970. And remember to please make your own arrangement for match tickets as that price does not include your match day ticket. So you wouldn't want to get all the way to Halifax and rock up without a ticket and then not be able to pay on the turnstile. But yeah. I'm sure you can. So sure. that won't be a problem. Good. Yeah, so Starman Awards, as you are probably aware, that is happening on Sunday, April 29th, and just 30 seats are left. So do not miss out. That is tw- uh, 30 seats remaining for the Starman Awards dinner on Sunday, the 29th of April. That's happening at the Prince Regent in Chigwell. Ticket costs £45. That includes dinner, awards ceremony, and there'll be a little bit of a disco at the end. So you can either book your place by going into the Supporters Club and seeing uh, Simon, who stands on the right-hand side of the door, or Linda. Um, or you can email at Linda Brogan, B-R-O-U-G-H-A-N. Uh, she is on Twitter. Uh, so you can get your bookings done then. And we're going to be there. Uh, we're not the main attraction, sadly, but... Um, you know it is a great night we can vouch for that and um, yeah make sure you're there yeah always good fun so always as Paul good said fun. At, in his intro we have got Energy Bet uh, coming on so it's been a while since we spoke to uh, Energy Bet so we thought you know New Year we thought to catch up with UK representative Russell Yershon to see what activity Energy Bet have got coming up at the O's and a bit about what they've done this season so here is Russ Yershon from Energy Bet Um, see a lot of stuff going on on the pitch at half time and um, a lot of uh, sort of giveaways and stuff like that but perhaps you could give us a bit of a round up as to uh, what Energy Bet have been doing uh, in terms of fan engagement Yeah you're absolutely right Paul um, last Saturday uh, we did the crossbar challenge our second one of the season that went down really well three fans uh, thoroughly enjoyed the hospitality that we provided uh, and then going on the pitch at half time again it made their day uh, we've also been giving away uh, some tickets uh, to fans that enter competitions uh, at energybet.com, our social media feed on Twitter. Uh, and also, just before Christmas, we went to the training ground and spoke with Alex Lawless, George Elacobi and Charlie Lee. And they gave us some fabulous content uh, that we've been pushing out on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. So some great engagement so far in the first 30 games of the season and I guess a lot more to come in the remainder of the season, Russ? Yeah, we've got a signed shirt giveaway uh, that we're proud to work with you guys on. So um, I guess all the listeners watch this space um, follow and we'll release something midweek. 
Fantastic. So keep your eyes peeled on both our uh, Twitter and social media accounts, I, I guess, on that. Um, so in terms of sort of moving forwards, how do you see the rest of the season for Orient Russ? Uh, for me, 13 points behind 7th uh, to get into the playoffs. Uh, I do think it's just a little bit too much. Uh, I think for Leighton Orient, FA Trophy success is possible. I think the team is playing much better now than it was uh, late October, early November. I've been in the last few home games and there's definitely vast improvement. The tempo's quicker. I think defensively, uh, with brewing goal, the team are a lot more solid. Coulson as well at the back is, is a big leader. Uh, and moving forward, you've got Barn that is running all over the place. And whether it's David Mooney or Harold, they complement Bond really well. Uh, Joby on the wing, and they're really working hard. And for me, one of the unsung heroes, Alex Lawless, he's everywhere in the centre of the park. Winning the 50-50s, feeding to the guys that can do some damage. And then that's it. It's, 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 a, it's a much better feel around the place. And FA Trophy success, Leighton Orient are 9-1 to one to win that. So, depending on uh, the draw, it could be a possibility. So, um, it would be great if they can deliver that trophy at the end of the season. So, you mentioned the price there, Russ, uh, that you've got on Orient to win the FA Trophy. If I wanted to place a bet, how do I do that? What's the uh, details of the website? Yeah, we're just waiting on the draw to be announced. And once that's done, um, I think the price will be around 9-1 to one for Leighton Orient to win the FA Trophy, uh, and which we'll have that up. Once the draw's complete. Fantastic. And that's on the energybet.com website, right? Yes. Fantastic. So Energybet have also worked with the club in terms of player of the month and you revealed the player of the month for December earlier this week. Yeah, it was one of the best we've ever run. It was a 38% tie between Corson and Brill, at which Corson won by two votes and we got over 800 votes on our Twitter feed at energybet underscore com. Um, all we've been thanking the Orient fans for coming to our social media feed following us and we'd encourage those that haven't followed Engibet to do so because we'll be running the player of the month for January and the rest of the month for the season and what we'll do is we pick one lucky fan that enters the competition to present the trophy to the player at half time at a future game so keep following us uh, we'll keep working hard to deliver the best nominees for Player of the Month and follow us to enjoy a great fan experience. Fantastic, Russ. Thank you very much indeed for the update. seems that um, for, you know, this year there's been uh, obviously an awful lot more fan engagement. There's a lot more sort of prizes to be won and, and sort of uh, one-of-a-kind type of experiences really, obviously with the hospitality. So it's at energy underscore bet on Twitter. It's at energybet underscore com. Sorry, at energybet underscore com uh, on Twitter. So people need to get following you on there and keep up to date with all the uh, additional fan content that's, uh, that's going to be available. Russ, thank you very much indeed for giving up your time for us. Great to, uh, to speak to you as ever. And uh, we'll see you at the next home game. Pleasure. Cheers, boys. Good luck. So that was Russell Yersh from Energy Bet. So thanks to Russ for coming on the podcast. And Russell mentioned that we will be working uh, alongside Energy Bet this week uh, in a signed shirt competition. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media accounts and on Energy Bets. And if you're going to enter, good luck, as it's a great prize. Absolutely. So there's a new O's fan in town. So congratulations to Adam Dudley and Angel Davis on the birth of daughter Pollyanna yeah, Dudley. So congratulations to you guys. 
Absolutely. hope you are all very well indeed. Yes, and there is one more bit of news to tell you about. We mentioned it, I think, about two or three weeks ago, but there was a Sunshine bus running to Eastleigh. Less than 15 seats are remaining for this one? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with only 15 seats or just under 15 seats remaining, those who have been on previous buses will attest to how much fun they actually are. Uh, it's going to be running on St. Patrick's Day, Saturday the 17th of March, and it's going to be departing from its usual spot of Leighton Stone O'Neill's. For those of you old enough will know where that place actually is. I probably not want to go back on too many old memories. Mate, I remember DJ Clay on a Sunday night. If DJ Clay is still in there, then something's badly wrong with wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so all the usual sunshine rules will be in place on the way home. Departs half past nine at Leightonstone O'Neill's. Returning straight after the game, the cost is £22 per person. Uh, so to book this, please email gfaburton at Hotmail. Dot com And as we say, there are less than 30 seats remaining. There will be the usual selection of mindless films along with sporting and Leighton Orient DVDs for everybody's enjoyment. And an outstanding refreshment stop has also been organised. Amazing. So, so if you fancy that get one, booking. St. Patrick's Day, get yourself down there. So moving on in to the week that was. So an early start to the week as the club announced at 7am in the morning that Josh Coulson currently alone from Cambridge United, has signed a two-and-a-half-year deal at the O's. So Josh put up the following statement on his Twitter account. He said, I just want to thank everyone at Leighton Orient for making me feel so welcome. I've loved being part of the club for this short time, and now I'm delighted to sign permanently. There was a great set of lads here, and they made it easy to settle in. I can't wait to see what the future, what the group can achieve in the near future. And thank you again. So that's what Josh Coulson had to say upon signing for Leighton Orient. And quite nicely, Cambridge allowed him to do a goodbye video and a goodbye yeah. message to their fans. I mean, he messed it up a few times. He sure did. Uh, which was quite funny that they showed the outtakes. But the fact that he there was an outpouring from their fans saying good luck, goodbye, thanks for everything, just shows you what a quality signing we've made uh, with, with him. And a no-brainer. Happy with that one? 100%. Absolutely. I think that goes without saying. I think it was quite crucial that we got him to sign permanently. Uh, personally delighted with this so welcome to the club permanently Josh and look forward to seeing you help us progress up the league and up the uh, up the uh, food chain really yeah good to get the deal done so early in January yeah. as well before other clubs kind of had an opportunity to swoop in so in a tough season which it has been Josh has been say one of the highlights I think when he's been in the team he's been a leader on the pitch which we've lacked when he's not been there and easily one of the most influential players uh, we massively missed him when he was injured it's no surprise really our form dipped when both him and George were out of the team. Uh, so delighted we know we've got him and with Elikobi returning, it gives us a very stable central defence partnership. So really happy with him. We did get a few tweets and we're just going to mention one or two. So firstly from at JE Staff who said, absolutely no coincidence that his return has coincided with us conceding only one goal in the last five games. Good, good point there. Yeah, and LOFC Chaz added saying, find someone that doesn't love at Josh Coulson 04 at this football club. Superb news, him and George are the two signings of the season. Credit to Martin Ling because in my opinion, we wouldn't have him without his links to Cambridge. Yeah, so thank you for all your tweets on signing Josh Coulson. And then later on in the afternoon, Sam Sargent, who's currently on loan at Margate, was named in the Kent Online Team of the Week after he helped Margate get a one or draw on his debut versus Billericay Town, which was a great result for Margate. So well done to Sam. Good to see another young O doing well uh, whilst out on loan. You know, you've got 
um, Pollock, who's at Leverhead. Leverhead are absolutely flying. And Pollock's doing very well there. Yeah. Toby Stevenson, who's at Haybridge Swifts, who've done very well in the FA Trophy yesterday. Yeah. So really great to see all these young players out. So Tori is out also with the Swifts. So yeah. really good to see the young and upcoming players who can't get near the squad at the moment getting the experience and a bit lower down the food chain. But great for us for Absolutely. our future. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we talk a lot about what goes on uh, in front of us, um, but actually there's a team being formed and grown uh, upstairs at the football club, behind the scenes as it were, and we're pleased to welcome Josh Fitzpatrick to the club as our new finance manager, and this is all part of Danny Macklin's plan from when he joined uh, us yeah. um, a few months ago. Yeah. So uh, welcome, Josh. Yep, so Tuesday, the 9th of January, so Russ alluded to it when we spoke to him earlier in the podcast, but Energy Bet announced the official later night player of the month for December and Josh Coulson won that so well done Josh amazing that there was only two votes in yeah, it between Brill and Coulson so you know if you're thinking about voting and you don't get around to it your vote can really make a difference because yeah. if there's three people listening saying I should have voted for Brill then had those votes been placed then Brill yeah, would have won one. by one vote so you know good to see as Russ mentioned I think over 850 votes in that so real good engagement, engagement there yeah. and it's a fan's choice which makes it even better yeah, absolutely. Uh, on a slightly sadder note, we were saddened to hear that former player Ted Phillips has passed away at the age of 84. For those that remember, Ted, or, or maybe don't, Ted scored 17 goals in 36 appearances for the O's during the 64-65 season. And our thoughts are with Ted's family and friends at this time. Yeah, almost a goal in every other game. A great record. Also on Tuesday, which was a very busy day, the club announced that Zane Westbrook is returning to Brentford once his loan expires on the 10th of January, so we wish Zane all the best in his career. It didn't really work out for him, really. No, Joined it didn't. under Steve Davis and yeah. played a few games, but once Justin came in, he's not really featured. Looked no. an okay player when he was didn't on the really pitch. Didn't see enough of him. Didn't see enough of him to make a comment, so we wish Zane all the luck in his future career. Yeah, so those that have lived locally, um, lived in the area, uh, remember when we were young and fancy free and we used to go to the George in Wanstead on... I think for me it was a Thursday and Friday night uh, and some sat- and the occasional Saturdays yeah. but you put a Monday night. Well, the Georgian Wanstead now has a tribute to former O's player George Scott who was one of the three uh, Clapton Orient players who died in the Battle of the Somme. The tribute will commemorate his achievements both on the battlefield and on the football field. So congratulations um, is going to go to obviously Steve Jenkins and, yeah. and everybody involved with getting that. And well done to the George Pub, which is a Weatherspoon-owned pub. So well done to them for being able to, to yeah. let us do that. That's, Fantastic. that's quite some achievement. So Fantastic congratulations to everybody. activity there. So brilliant. So And to conclude, a busy day at the club at 6pm. I think a bit out of nowhere this. The club announced the loan signing of 23-year-old central midfielder Ebu Adams until the end of the season from Norwich City. So Ebu has spent the first half of the season at high-flying League One club Shrewsbury and made his international debut earlier on this season for Gambia in their win over Morocco. So another international player, Leo's, how we love them. So your views on uh, Mr Adams? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Chief Chief Scout Steve Foster said that he'd signed uh, in, in a... In an interview he'd done, he'd signed Ebu about two years ago uh, from non-league uh, for Norwich at the time. Um, so really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I must say though, the picture of him that the club put out with him <laughs> holding the shirt up, I mean, you've got to retake that and say smile. You've got to look like you're you actually enjoying... That you're happy that to you're be happy to be. Yeah. yeah, agree. He looks like he's been, he thought he was signing for Liverpool and he's turned up at Leighton <laughs> Orient. He's like, uh, this ain't Liverpool. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm at Leighton Orient. Oh, yeah, uh... And it, it kind of looked like a bit of a mistake. Brilliant. But it was brilliant. There for you me. go. For Your me, thoughts? For me, I love Brian Adams. I love Ryan Adams. 
and they'll have Ibu Adams. Nice. So fantastic. Good signing. Nice. Looks like a replacement for Westbrook, if I'm honest. Like yeah. a bit of a stronger replacement, more experienced, a bit older. For a 23 year old, though, he's got a lot of experience. Um, and he should do well based on his record. And from the sounds of it, Ebu is the enforcer who Justin spoke about, yeah. who he wanted. Um, so, very good signing. Happy with that. And we yeah. wish Ebu all the luck in his loan spirit spell with Orient. Absolutely. Uh, and welcome to the club. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, the 10th of January, was a quiet day for us as nothing happened. Yeah, and first, 11th of January, you spotted this one. So, the club announced Michelle Pellici as the winner of the vote for the away kit next season. And he will get the first kit off the production line. So, well done there. And if you know Michelle and want to find out your wake, I guess you're going to have to kind of blag him to try and get it out of him. But I don't think you will. Also on Thursday, the National League published a league table of average attendances. And Orient currently sits in third with an average attendance of 4,304 behind Tranmere, who are first with just over 5,000. So 5,087 <laughs> and Wrexham in second place with 4,300. So... Mooney Friday. Mooney. Possibly one of the quietest Fridays because nothing actually happened. I know, a very quiet Friday. Uh, meaning two very quiet days of the week for the O. So moving on in to Saturday, the 13th of January. The under-18s were in action and were victorious again as they beat Peterborough 3-1 with goals from Eric Lopez and a double from Charles Clayton. So well done to the young O's. And it goes to show again, last week I think we beat Gillingham this week, beating Peterborough. We're still turning over us. League, League one, strong under-18 team. So yeah. credit must go to Danny Webb there and his staff and the young O's. So another fantastic victory there. Yeah, moving on to the afternoon then. We had Bognor Regis away in the second round of the FA Trophy. Team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal, Caprice and Gala, Ella Kobe and Widdison with Adams, Clay, Reynolds and McEnough in the middle and Harold and Bond up top with substitutes of Granger, Halley, Judd, uh, sorry, Happy, that's meant to be Judd, Karoma and Mooney. Yep, so George Alicobi made his first appearance since the 23rd of September, coming in for Josh Coulson, who wasn't even on the bench, being rested. Lamar Reynolds makes his first start for the O's following his debut as a sub last week, replacing James Dayton, and Ebu Adams makes his debut as well, starting in place of Alex Lawless. So your views on the team there, Mr Levy? I wasn't expecting George or Lamar to actually start and obviously for Coulson and Dayton to not even be on the bench but I guess on reflection we need to manage the players and avoid injury especially uh, Josh who's who's coming back and it's obviously a good point to get George in and get him uh, some more uh, more minutes under his belt keeping everybody fresh um, Holman is Holman was cup tied which I hadn't realised until I, I saw yourself or George, you or yeah. you messaged me or I saw George t- uh, Sessions tweet it but yeah, no, good side, strong yeah. side. Good to see Lamar starting as well. Yeah, for me, I like the team. Great to see El Kobe starting. <coughs> good to see a debut for Adams and a full debut for Reynolds. Right this before kickoff, I did write this team should have few issues against the Bognor Regis side. How Famous words. I was. Famous words. So we had quite a few tweets on this, but just going to read a couple out now. At James O'Hagan said, strong lineup. Great to see George and the low knees all in there. All the bench have had decent game time this season. Optimistic for today. Yeah, and at Lenham Force, a good to see Edinburgh is taking this competition seriously. A good win today will work wonders for our league form over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And we are now uh, very delighted, as always, to welcome uh, the voice of Ozone, the voice of Leighton Orient commentary, uh, Dave Victor. Dave, welcome back. Hi guys, how are you? Very well, you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good stuff. So, what were your thoughts on uh, when you saw uh, the team announced, Dave? 
Well, it was a nice surprise to see Big George uh, back. Um, we knew that he played the 45 minutes behind closed doors in a Colchester United uh, game. So I suspect it was slightly ahead of schedule, but um, he, he got through it. I spoke to him afterwards because we, uh, both Matt and I were worried that uh, you know he came off and he was hobbling a little bit. And we were both worried that it was his hamstring. Apparently it was his ankle, but there was nothing to worry about. Good. Good to hear. That is good to hear. So we're just going to go through the game now, pick out some of the... Some of the talking points from the game, Dave, get, get your view uh, on it. Um, I think that it's fair to say that Bognari just came out the starting blocks pretty lively and hungry to sort of get an impact uh, quite early on because in the first 20 minutes they created quite a few chances and Dean Brill had to make a, quite an important save in the 11th minute, Dave. Dean Bill's great, isn't he? He's made a, such a difference. It's not a surprise. It felt like an old-fashioned cup tie, you know, late night on a hiding to nothing. The big club, it was probably five times their usual attra- uh, attendance. A club that was struggling in the league, but it really didn't matter. This was their big occasion. It, all sort of uh, thoughts of the league uh, form were put to one side. And as you said, it wasn't a, bit, uh, a great surprise. They really went for it from the get-go. And a bit of a, a pattern from uh, Lake Norrient. Uh, the O's in recent games, I think it was the same against uh, Bromley, certainly Bournemouth, um, it become very difficult to beat, but uh, a, a little slow on the start, simply being. Yeah, good point there. Yeah, good absolutely. Because uh, our, our first sort of real chance of note came for Macaulay Bond in the 22nd minute, but his effort really lacked power. Uh, and then just a, a few minutes later, Bognor Regis had a good chance, but they hit the side netting. But then just, just shy of the half-hour mark, we applied a bit more pressure and Bond's header uh, was deflected wide uh, for a corner from a, a Lamar Reynolds cross. What was he like um, in the first sort of half hour, Dave? Was he as impactful as what we'd seen him against uh, Bromley? That's a good question. Uh, it wasn't uh, an, an easy game. It's, it's um, you know he's a lively player. He got into uh, three very good positions, uh, goal scoring positions. He failed to find the target on each occasion, but uh, at least he was getting into those uh, positions. He's He's a lively lad, and uh, he's ambitious in terms of somebody that um, uh, is looking to find the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And the club's official tweet in the 39th minute noted, we changed to a diamond formation in midfield with Adam shielding the defence and Reynolds playing behind the strikers. And just two minutes later, we went very close to breaking the deadlock, but Reynolds' volley was over the bar. And in injury time in the first half, we finished the half strongly as we won a free kick, which their keeper done well to punch away. So Dave, summing up the first half, do you think we were lucky to go in level, or would you say Nilna was probably a fair reflection on what, what happened in the first half? Well, that's a good question. I'm sure it would say that we were lucky to be uh, uh, blank at the, uh, the break. I think, you know, we were uh, facing a team that were giving their all, and uh, um, I think late night were a little bit wasteful in possession, and as a result, there wasn't the sort of service, quality service, that um, Macaulay Bond, but in particular, Matt Howard required. I think the last couple of games, we, when he started, we really haven't played to his strengths, and that's because the quality of crosses into the box haven't been the sort that um, uh, Matt Howard needs. Um, so as a result, you, you, it's uh, the balls, you know, Macaulay Bond chases everything, as, as we know. Um, but Matt Howard, he, he needs the ball delivered to him, particularly in the penalty area, and that didn't happen enough in the opening 45. Yeah, good point. We had a lot of tweets in at half time. We just we've just picked two that we feel stood out at Paul W E underscore UK. So Bogner had more and better chances than us, no question. But I see us taking more control in the second half. Reynolds has been good 
Adam's not so effective but early days and Big George isn't as big as bigger Bonds wow yeah. Uh, at O's fan base and said Ella Kobe uh, is rusty Caprice just asleep and to be frank they've had some decent players and ours are getting to know each other hopefully we're in for a better second half uh, attendance was, an, uh, was uh, 1,371 we don't know what the away uh, end yeah. is because everyone goes through one turnstile and yeah it's just how it is yeah no subs for the O's at half time so the second half kicked off just three minutes into the second half and Bond has an effort saved by their keeper I mean what I've found under Edinburgh, Dave, is that second half, we normally start with a lot more intensity and we seem to be reinvigorated by what Justin's saying at half-time. Did it look like that was happening yesterday? Certainly more positive uh, in the second half. I think the point that there were a couple of uh, new faces making their you know, full debuts for the O's and, of course, Big George at the back uh, together with Bonds and Garda. There was, you know, when you look at it, there were lots of changes uh, and people that wouldn't necessarily have been uh, familiar with each other, uh, particularly young Adams in the centre of midfield. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But um, the potential game-changing moment uh, came in the 59th minute as Gillot is sent off for a foul on Jake Caprice. What, what did you see of that, Dave? Well, it was the second uh, bookable offence. I think the first time that he got uh, a yellow card... That did seem a little bit harsh. And, of course, we had two players that uh, went off both the second uh, book of offences, the other being Joe Widdison, and his first uh, yellow card was for something that he said to the assistant referee, which, to be perfectly honest, is just daft, isn't it? Yeah, it really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, 60th minute, Elikobi lasted the hour and got replaced by Happy. So, like you said, he, he, Elikobi came off of an ankle injury and hopefully... That isn't too bad, but... No, he just wouldn't want to take any risks. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure he would have played much more than uh, an hour in any case because obviously you've got to manage him back in because it wasn't just a hamstring injury, it was a hamstring operation, which is quite rare these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Was it, did, did he acquit himself well? Dave? He's Big George, <laughs> isn't he? I mean, uh, the, 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 the Pest Bonds and uh, Big George at the back, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're characters, um, plenty of strength, possibly not as much pace as uh, you might need in some of the games in the National League, but they were fine. It was uh, possibly either side of them where there, there were the weaknesses. OK. <laughs> Over the next 10 minutes, though, it seems to have gone uh, back and forth with a few chances created uh, by both sides um, and then in the 72nd minute Ebu Adams was replaced by Josh Karoma what were your views on, on Ebu how did he how well did he do well it's um, that's a good question I, I think it is very early days um, Craig Clay um, he's a, he, I think it's fair to say he's, he's an inconsistent player and I think he's often at his best when he's got Alex Lawless I think mm. uh, uh, Lawless uh, wins a lot more tackles and it means that Clay can play further off up the field and I think uh, Clay is probably a more creative uh, midfielder. I think with Adams there, uh, Clay had to sort of try and be uh, a little bit more of the ball winner and I don't necessarily thought that uh, that's necessarily the game that, that he prefers. Um, uh, and, and Adams on occasions, uh, things were going around him um, but I think he's got potential, no doubt about that. He's clearly come from a, a very good club with a, a very good personal reputation. He's got to go into the club and grow into the game. Good to hear. Good to hear. And just one minute later, Bond had the ball in the back of the net, but it was ruled out for offside. And then a minute after that, Harold had an effort go just wide. So it seemed like it was more attacking from on at this point. But then in the 78th minute, as you already stated, Woodison got his second yellow card for a foul. And for me, it's just... Should be a bit more clever, I think. If he's already on the booking, 
don't lunge in if you know you, there's a chance of getting a booking for that. That was that was a ba- that was a bad pass from Josh Caroma though, right, Dave? It was. Uh, I can't remember who the the, the um, miss uh, two was for, but uh, throughout the game, late night, were wasteful in possession. I think it was uh, fair to say, particularly against ten men, because at at that point you really shouldn't be. Uh, under pressure, um, I think the original yellow card was the Darth one. The second one, it, you know, he, he made the challenge. Unfortunately, it was just outside the penalty area, and it really was just outside the box. But Dean Dean Brill did well to save uh, the resulting free kick to keep us in the game. But then, in the 82nd minute, the deadlock was finally broken as Macaulay Bond um, heads uh, in the back of the net from a corner. Uh, views on that, Dave? Good to see Macaulay Bond uh, back on target. It's been a while. He's uh, had several clear-cut chances, hasn't he, in uh, recent games, yeah. and it hasn't quite worked for him. And uh, the celebration just demonstrated uh, how much it meant to him personally. Yeah, it's good, good finish. Poacher's goal that one, close range, good header. And at that point, personally, I thought that was game done and dusted. I thought, you know, it should have been, shouldn't it? Well, yeah, you would have thought so. The 85th minute, but this is Lake Norian. We don't do things easily. Absolutely, 85th minute, Judd replaced Harold. So bit more defensive and in, in the 88th minute I saw this about an hour ago on the National League's Twitter account Bogner equalised with an absolutely stunning effort out of nowhere and made it one all. It was an excellent strike I don't know if you've uh, been able to see it um, it is up now there is uh, a couple of people that, um, where you can see it on, on sort of social media and such like and it is an excellent strike um, but looking at the replay I'm surprised how nobody really closed him yeah. down. You know, it, it was a superb strike, but uh, you got he had the time and he had the space to to measure the shots. But there was uh, no doubt it was beyond uh, uh, Dean Bill. It's uh, no fault of him at all. But um, there we are. It was always uh, well, to be a, a later occasion as a result because um, the two clubs agreed that there wouldn't be a replay. No. So we go into five minutes of time added on, and the full time whistle blew. And the score were one. The score. The scores ended one apiece, and we go into extra time. So, Dave, can you just give us perhaps an overall view of the ninety minutes so far. I think it was frustrating. I know Matt Hiscock, uh, alongside me, was getting very concerned and wondering whether or not we should have uh, gone for the, uh, um, the the replay. What was interesting from from my perspective was what happened after the ninety minutes. Obviously, the players. Uh, get into that huddle and, the, you know, the manager's given out his instructions. But Dean Brill, Dean Brill was amazing. He was the man that was dominant in terms of, uh, uh, he was clearly frustrated the fact that there was going to be uh, another 30 minutes to play. And um, whoever he was giving out uh, uh, his thoughts to, I think, we no doubt that he wasn't happy with what had happened. <laughs> Brilliant. Love Dean Brill. Love Dean Love Brill. It. So 91st minute, Clay called an effort over following a quick break by Caroma. And then three minutes later, Clay set up Reynolds, but he called his effort wide. So started with a bit of intent there trying to go forward. Yeah, we go close in the 98th minute as we work the ball well. And Jake Caprice finds the ball on the corner of the box. But his effort hits the post and Reynolds lashes the rebound over. Yep, and in the 101st minute, Regis have an effort as a corner falls to Campbell on the box. And his quick feet gives him the chance to shoot twice, but he shoots well over with his second effort. So just and I think what's important, sorry to interrupt, but I think what's also significant, and it wouldn't necessarily come up through the tweets, is that I thought the captain, uh, Joby McInnes, was working incredibly hard mm. and uh, doing things that wouldn't necessarily um, make the sort of headlines. But I think he was uh, somebody that 
really was sort of growing into the game and making sure that the, the, the players were digging deep. And, um, you know, um, what has happened since Justin Edinburgh has taken charge is there is more character in this team. We are much harder to beat. I think um, had this have happened uh, earlier in the season... Probably would have caused an upset, but you didn't get that was going to happen, and you had to give Joby Nakanaf a lot of credit for that. And also, Josh Cloman. Now, I was in, uh, impressed with Cloman in his last league match. Mm. Uh, he, he seems to have got his mojo back again, and he was very busy. He was really making himself available, uh, and that was important because it meant that Bogner were having to work much harder without the ball. And obviously, these are proper part-timers. You know, they've got, they've got um, real jobs, and they train on a Tuesday and a Thursday evening. And of course, extra time should help the full-time professionals. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Caroma, and it was him who popped up in the 105th minute as he hit a screamer and made it 2-1 to the O. So the club's quick Twitter account said the corner comes in, happy sees his effort cleared off the line and it finds itself to Caroma, who curls an effort from 25 yards into the top corner. So I've seen this, but I've only seen it on a handheld device from behind the goal. But it looked like a cracking effort there from Josh. It was a fantastic uh, strike from Josh Caroma, and one that he fully deserves. And I think there'll be some real competition now. I think... Um, Possibly the new signings that have come in, not least Reynolds, has uh, made this young man think that he's got to work really hard now. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. We're seeing a lot, a lot of good stuff from Josh Cromer. So half time in extra time, it's two one. Um, not really much um, of note happened really in the second uh, half of extra time. But in the hundred eighteenth minute, Orient counter quite quickly. Bond squares to Cromer, who forces a save before they work it around back to Cromer but his effort is saved uh, by Lincoln. So we're still going for it, Dave, even with just a, a, a couple of minutes left of, of the second half of extra time. I think after what happened in the uh, 89th minute, nobody could take anything for granted. <laughs> Full credit to Dan Lincoln. He was an excellent player. Kelvin Davis, who you probably remember in his Portsmouth days, uh, was excellent. Um, and there's a lot of experience in that uh, Bognor Regis side. And uh, all in all, although it was not the best performance from uh, late night by any means, it's job done through to the next round of the trophy. And as you say, it's an exciting competition in terms of uh, this season. I think if we had gone out of it, um, you know, there was a danger that the season could fade away. But the thoughts of uh, a trip to Wembley will definitely keep everybody buzzing around Brisbane Road. And psychologically, um, that is very important. There's some potentially very interesting uh, ties um, that uh, could await um, late night. But one thing that we do know is we have to go to Hartlepool midweek, probably on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Well, assuming they're, well, hopefully they're still around um, for that. Obviously their troubles yeah. are, are, are well noted, but we're ball number four on Monday, Dave. So uh, hopefully we'll get a nice kind draw at home, preferably. Or you not, it's you uh, been a while day? since we've had a home draw in any competition, hasn't it? It's been a while. It does yeah, seem it's been a while. while. It's been a while. So, Dave, it's always a pleasure speaking to you and getting your insights on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. And we will it's speak to you very soon. Thank you, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Take care. So that was Dave Victor there, the voice of Ozone, speaking to us with his thoughts on the game. Uh, and now, even though Dave has left, we are going to keep Dave on the podcast as he spoke to Justin Edinburgh after the match yesterday to get his thoughts and this is what Justin Edinburgh had to say to Dave Victor after yesterday's match Justin thanks for joining us the vote of Wembley is never an easy one well I certainly made hard work of, of the, the, the result here today but I think you know, credit to Bogner obviously the, everything to gain and nothing to lose and, uh, and I think they showed that in their play but um, 
you know, I think, again, we've started the game slowly and, and encouraged the opposition to grow into the game. But I guess, well, I know that the most important thing in any cup competition is the result, and then we go through to the next round. I suppose there are a few things there that are familiar in that uh, late night have become hard to beat. But uh, as you say, they started slowly and squandered chances again. We were very wasteful. Um, we certainly created numerous chances and uh, we, were, we weren't ruthless and, and that's a frustration for me because I don't want that to become uh, a habit. I don't want that to become something that I continue to say but, you know, certainly a couple of games over the last couple of weeks, that's been the case and uh, we've certainly got to be dispatching more or a higher percentage of the chances we're creating. At least Macaulay Bond was able to find the target again and Josh Cromer took his goal extremely well. Yeah, I think Mac is continuing to get in positions uh, to score and obviously hasn't of late, but that, that obviously will give him the boost that he needs. And Josh Cromer is, is showing uh, signs and a maturity of, of what... I would expect of him now, and that finish is what we see day in, day out in training, and that's what he's got to start producing in games, and, uh, you know, that was was an exquisite finish. Good to see Big George back. He came off early. Is that because of a problem with that hamstring? No, no, it was uh, planned for for an hour. You know, he's been out for a long period of time. Uh, We planned for an hour for him to play today, so he got through that unscathed, and uh, everything's fine, so obviously a big boost with with George coming back and uh, playing an hour today. When Bogner scored that 90th minute equaliser, are you beginning to regret the fact that there wasn't going to be a replay at the audience <laughs> decision? Oh, maybe then, but not now. Um, we, we obviously concluded the tie. And listen, it was a, wasn't a great time to concede referees, but you know, obviously we knew that there was extra time looming. And uh, credit to the players because I think professionalism again was 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 very good um, from conceding that late goal I thought we got a grip of the game again and created numerous chances where we should have put the game to bed really any complaints about Joe Widdison's two yellow cards no no I don't I don't think so um, only I haven't reviewed them again but um, you know I, I, I see there was you know coming together over the far side that would probably be the only one that you know, I'd have a discrepancy over, but you know, the foul on the edge of the box once it's been given as a free kick, I guess that's to be a yellow card. And the new boys? Sorry? The two new players? Yes, I thought in terms of Lamar, obviously it's been a little bit long with us a little bit longer than uh, Abu, but I thought yeah, both good accounts of himself. I think uh, Lamar would be bitterly frustrated that he hasn't got himself on the score sheet today, but always say as long as you're getting in the positions we can work on that if you're not getting there and Abu you know been with us a couple of days he hasn't played for a long while and uh, yeah, I thought both showed good signs of what, what's to come and uh, will there be more when we, uh, before Saturday's trip to Halifax uh, we're always trying to improve um, we're always trying to, to strengthen but uh, you know that's difficult to say if it'll happen before Halifax, but you know hopefully before the window closes that we'll we'll you know maybe have one or two more players into the, into the squad. Almost losing count. I think it's 15 now for Macaulay Bond. Isn't he be phoned? No, and uh, my phone's off. <laughs> <laughs> Are you worried at all? No, I think listen, Macaulay knows that he's got a lot more to learn and, and, and to develop. And I think we're a perfect fit. So listen, we're fully aware that. You know, every player has a price and we'll see that as the window develops but you know so far we haven't had any and I would be surprised if Macca would want to go unless it was you know something really tempting 
where I think right now he's suited to, to continue to learn and develop him. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. So that was Dave Victor, a very blustery Bognor Aegis. Yeah. Uh, so the, what you could hear there was the wind feeding back. It wasn't a fault. Do not adjust your audio there. So thanks very much, Dave. Really appreciate you giving up some of your evening to yeah. come on and do that. And also for sending us your interview yesterday because neither of us could be there. So Your views on the match then, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't really sound like we were at our best. But the most important thing overall uh, and over anything is that we are in the draw for the next round. We were industrious and creative. Uh, poor pass led to having uh, uh, us go down to, to 10 men. Uh, credit, obviously, to Bognor Regis. You know, they're full of sort of ex-Brighton and Portsmouth yeah. pros, as I understand it. Uh, and they had a real go at us. Um, and despite being down to 10 men at one stage, you know, they didn't give up. And they tried and they tried. And, and that's a great credit to them. But it's, again, a pressure that we are going to have to deal with as the bigger club in a draw. So, you know, uh, but I think, like Dave said, you know, with Justin, you get that sense that we're going to be industrious and creative hard to beat. and we're going to be hard to break down. So, whereas once upon a time that you might not have thought that. Yeah, absolutely. For me, Your views? it sounded like a bit of a poor performance, but as always, the result is the pivotal and that's what matters and we made it through. Good to see another win. So that will build confidence at the club. First half, saw chances for both teams. Sounds like Brill made another couple of decent saves yeah. in the first half and after Bogner sending off, I thought we'd I thought we'd finish it. it, yeah. I thought we'd walk it, especially after we, after Bond scored. But you've got to credit Bognor Regis, you know, like you've said, a great equaliser out of nowhere for them and well played to them for taking it to extra time. And thankfully, Karoma's popped up. Hopefully, Karoma can use this as a springboard now for his season and get himself back into contention and challenge Reynolds, McEnough, Dayton for a starting place. Mm. And I've said it a few times, I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet, and I don't want to put the blip on it. But I think we're going to win the FA Trophy. I really believe we will win the FA Trophy. I don't know if it's because Edinburgh is the way he's talking about it or just the way, I I don't know. I just feel like we're going to win it. So when we do win it, you can say, oh, Steve from the podcast said we will win it. Or when we get knocked out, you can say abusive like tweets and texts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those were <laughs> our or an outlook. <laughs> <laughs> so your views uh, come in from at Speno011 said, the first half we weren't at the races, second <clears> half was slightly better. We made really hard work at that win, but give credit to Bogner, who looked very good at times. I mean, Bogner was second bottom of that of their division. Yeah, the looked South, certain for relegation. South. I mean, they are quite a way off safety, and they're taking us to extra time and yeah. giving us a real battle. So, yeah, absolutely. Les LK fifty two said today just reminded me that we need to get away from that relegation zone. In all honesty, it's not good enough. At Patrick one flood said it was a relief to win. Mm. How did we make it so difficult for ourselves? And thankfully, no penalties. I mean, we were quite lucky that Bogner did not want a replay prior. Correct. They could have taken us back to our place prior That'd to that 180 game. plus extra time Bonus plus for them. penalties. Bonus for them, though, like with the income yeah. of that game. So quite lucky there. We're lucky to get away with that one. Yeah. Um, Bradley Ackers, 95, said, glad to be back to winning ways. And good to see Justin Edinburgh taking this cup seriously. I think Widdison was stupid. If the ref has already sent an opponent off, they will always look to even it back out. Joe needed to be a bit smarter and not make silly tackles. Now Frank Kane said the cup game and the results is all that matters. Wasn't pretty, but never going to be. Into the next round and one defeat in eight. Winning will breed confidence. Vince Howard, 73, said Bogner were always going to push us and with not, with us not exactly scoring for fun, was always going to be a tough game. Just glad we got through it. Yeah, Biffo Prop said a win is a win. In October, the side would not have won that one. And I think Dave Victor alluded to something similar, similar to when that. he was talking yeah. about the match. Yeah. At O's Fan Basing said hard fought and decent game 
They were not a bad team. McEnough took over in the second half. Great winner. Caprice's head not in the right place, yeah, though. I did see a lot of criticism come in for Caprice. He wasn't, yeah. at, he wasn't at his best last week uh, against Boreham Woods. And more criticism for Caprice coming out of this week's game. And Ron Sampson, 15, said, This is like torture. A team that we should dispatch easily becomes a tough, tough job that we just sneak. Some of our players need to be shown the door at the end of the season. Caprice and Woodison particularly awful performances today. Andy underscore PO16 said, lower level teams always step up their performance against higher sides and we let them compete and get into the game. Need to be more clinical going forward. Fitness told in the end, wins a win. I think Justin alluded to that as well. Absolutely. About fitness, yeah. Yeah, at Boats, he said, it's all about the result in the cup game. Positives with Big George back into the last 16 and the negatives, a very poor 90 minute performance as a team which shows just how much work Justin Edinburgh has to do. Boats is doing our positives and negatives. Yeah, cheers Boatsy. Top man. Uh, at Leighton <laughs> underscore Eos said, Clay in need of a rest. Our best performances have been both, while both central midfielders have been on form. No room for passengers in that area. Also, play better when we start with a 9 and a 10 rather than two nines. The only number 10 we have is Dave Mooney or possibly Sam Dolby. Very good point. The Harold-Bond combination hasn't produced the amount of goals that we thought it would when they played yeah. together. Mooney seems to have a much better understanding with both Bond and Harold. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what for me what happens with Holman because Holman can play next Saturday and I expect to see him play some part of the match next Saturday whether he starts or he comes off the bench it'd be interesting to see who Justin thinks his best two are now going forward and what combination which might not be the best on paper but might work the best together so we shall see on that one and the final word for the week goes to at Matty LOFC Evans who says we won that's the most important thing forget the score or the fact it was done in extra time Bogner, like Haringey, were good quality opponents. Battling performances are what cup winners are made of. So onwards and upwards we go. Absolutely. So thanks to everybody for all your tweets. We had quite a lot come in, as you can expect. And that was just a selection uh, of tweets. So moving on then, Prediction League update. Well done to IAM underscore Emo. Uh, at Simon Bedford, at RichP242, at Atkinson underscore Neil, at Grunt the Posty, at Rob Kelly18, at Bond to the Future. That's a brilliant Twitter That is a handle. great Twitter handle. And at Tommy X Velo, who all predicted 2 1 to the O's. Nobody got a correct goal scorer, so no bonus points were awarded. So the top of the prediction league is still with Bill underscore Johnson UK with 19 points. Samuel LOFC is unchanged. In, fi- in second place on 15 points, Lawton Gamst and Unexpected Item O are both joint third with 14 points. Full table can be found on our Facebook page. Just search Orient Outlook Podcast. Thank you to everybody for all your predictions. Yep, so Sunday, the 14th of January, and today, the Orient ladies were back in action for the first time in the new year, but suffered a 2-1 defeat away to Milton Keynes. So unlucky result there for the lady. I think Milton Keynes very high up uh, doing very well in their respective leagues so unlucky there ladies yeah and then later on uh, in the day uh, today uh, earlier on today rather Macaulay Bond is named in the National League's FA Trophy Team of the Weekend Uh, so congratulations Macaulay how many times has the Orient top scorer rescued his team this season they said he took their ties with Bogner to extra time as the O's finished the job we went. He, we took the lead. It wasn't that's, a very good write up there. By that's the, poor, isn't it? National League. So that was what they had to say about. McCauley Even though Bond. he put us ahead, and they yep. took us to the extra time. So we've got one more interview coming up now uh, to finish off the podcast. So we were lucky enough to speak to Chief 
Orient Scout Steve Foster before we started recording this podcast. So we want to speak to Steve to get a bit of an idea about what a Chief Scout actually does and about how it all works at our club. And so we were very lucky to speak to Steve. This is a really insightful interview. So thanks to Steve for coming on and giving us this interview. So here is Chief Orient Scout Steve Foster. So Steve, thank you for joining us this evening. So you are Chief Scout at Leighton Orient. So let's start off by asking kind of what does that entail on a, a day-to-day basis? Uh, yeah, good evening, Paul and Steve. Um, basically, it's, it's, you know, it, it's in charge of all the recruitment, really, uh, and scouting uh, with players. I work very closely, obviously, Martin Ding. And it's just about highlighting potential targets for the professional phase, really. So from sort of under-16s upwards, we're obviously looking... About under 16s for next year's scholars, and uh, then you take the, the under eight for, for next year's under 18s, uh, coordinating scouts. I've got about six scouts regionally, um, operating, obviously doing opposition scouting. Also, I've got like, in the north, I've got two guys in the north, uh, David, uh, David Kerslake, who just come on board as a just an Edinburgh's assistant at Gillingham and Northampton. He's coming while he's doing opposition scouting in the south for us. And I've got the Shane O'Gorman, who's head of academy recruitment now, who I worked with at Norwich, trust very well. And Cole, uh, Cole Newton in the northeast, and Peter Shirtlift in the northwest. And I've got a guy, an old guy who's been doing the rounds in the southwest, who covers a lot, you know, Yeovil's Exeter, Torquay's, Plymouth, and anyone who's going to go playing down that area. So a very experienced team you got there, Steve. And, and yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's good. I'll say that it's a, a good experienced team. Uh, very eager. Uh, Cole's uh, quite new to the game, but he's um, he reminds me a bit myself when I first started. He's uh, very keen to learn and, you know, puts in the miles and uh, he's, he's uh, an asset to the club. So if one of the guys who, feed, who reports into you sees a player who they think Orient should sign, do you then go down to review that player or, then, or do you just go straight to Martin and go, one of my guys thinks we should sign so-and-so? Um, well, I, would, I, would, I, would check, I would check them out as well. Yeah. I would definitely check them out as well. Obviously, we're looking um, not so much, if you're talking about moving players about moving like moving players down from the northeast or from the southwest, you've got that, that extra expenditure um, and a relocation cost. So we wouldn't really... We, we, we try to keep our recruitment sort of regionalised to the south if possible. Uh, and for, for the same reason, they, obviously they know the area, they know the location, they're more than likely going to know the level of football they're playing at. Uh, it just, it, it just it takes out so many, you know, equations just by keeping it simple like that. Absolutely, and obviously there's two transfer windows per year, but your job is an all-round one, so, so even when there's not a transfer window, you're consistently looking to recruit and looking at players you could recruit in the upcoming transfer window? Uh, oh, definitely, definitely, From you know, just because it, just because it's, you know, the, the transfer window shuts on the 31st doesn't mean uh, that I'll get three months off, because <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you're planning ahead all the time, um, but we know we can well, for, Summer window, this, this summer's window, we've been really planning since like, August, really. Players you know, are out of contract this summer. We've been watching, going to games, watching games, crossing names off, putting names on. Um, so we'll have, you know, we'll have a database 
of players who, who may become available. And uh, obviously, we've got probably covered, I mean, I've probably got a short list in every position of three to five players already. Wow. Uh, so we're going to be in a position, well, we're going to be in a much better position than what we were last summer. Obviously, just coming into it a little bit late in the window. Uh, players have already made minds up where to go. Bearing in mind, I still think we did a really good job. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not not easy when you're coming to the party last, really, I guess. Um, So what are your biggest challenges then, Steve? How how does, yeah, what what are the biggest impacts to your role? Biggest challenges? It's obviously now being a National League club. Mm -hmm. Some players might not want to drop out of the league. Um, So that could be a good one. Budget's another thing as well. About budget, I know you, you, we, ha- we have to work to a budget, yeah. and we're quite luckily we've got quite a competitive budget. Always helps, um, yeah. But, so, but you still have, you know, obviously, you, you still got to work to that. It's not always as easy if you lose a player, or just to find the money to straight away, you know, to get someone in straight away. Although we are very lucky that the board uh, have, have been very supportive this season. Yeah. Myself and Martin and to, 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 to the managers. And you and you kind of described kind of stuff work under you, kind of given what what they do. But what, what's your history? Because I think you've you've had quite a, 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 a lot of experience in, in the role as well, haven't you? Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've covered quite a lot. I was at Brentford um, from 2013 to 2015. Uh, I started off just just getting involved in, on a non-league basis. Voluntary and uh, sort of worked my way up to first team scout, and what? And uh, I long enough that I really enjoyed that. And then it was time, for, obviously, with Mark Bobbitt leaving, it was time for me to sort of, you know, further my education as a scout. So I had a short spell at Fleetwood Town as their southern scout, and then worked at Norwich City for two seasons, and which I really um, that, that was again invaluable. For you know, just, just learning for as an, as an academy scout, doing a lot of non-league scouts in the game, which like, last season obviously helped me prepare for this role because uh, I watched Orient a lot as an academy from under 16s to under 18s, and obviously with all the youngsters we were playing in the first team last year, so um, I knew sort of what was in the club, what was coming through the club, uh, and also I watched a lot of national league football as well, so I knew. I knew the level quite a lot and I knew what players were playing well in National League South and in the National League and obviously in League Two. So it, this will help coming into this role. It's very good, very good, very good preparation for this role. Absolutely. You mentioned Norwich City and obviously we've done a bit of business this week with Norwich City and the loan signing of Ebu Adams and a player you know a fair bit about. That's right. I mean, I signed him two years ago. I signed him from Dartford. Um, again, that was a, a quite a quick move as well. I watched him, I believe, it was on the 16th of January, two years ago, so coming up to two years. Um, and we signed him on Deadline Day. And in between that time, we looked at the fixtures, and they was playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So there was no chance of us getting him in for a trial. Uh, and he was contracted as well. So um, we watched him three times, I believe. I watched him once. Shane, who I've also mentioned, who's with us now, he watched him the week after against Sutton. Uh, and then my boss, Ben Strang, who's at Cambridge United now, he went and watched him. So we had him watch three times and signed within two weeks. Wow. 
and he played yesterday and I believe he gave uh, quite a good account of himself yesterday so um, look forward to seeing him and hopefully he'll get a little bit more uh, game time so ju- just very quickly sort of towards you know as a, as a sort of an ending um, once you've got a question sort of that came into my head you've got your list of three to five players in each position how does it work then in terms of making that list come alive, so to speak? So Justin or Martin would come to you and say, right, I'm looking for a such and such a player. What have you got? How does that actually work once you... Yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be the manager, yeah. It would be Justin. Um, obviously, first and foremost, he gets... He, you know, he gets to say, you know, who comes in, who doesn't, what, who, who doesn't come in. And me and Martin try to make it happen. Um, so obviously Martin, again Martin, he does all the negotiating with clubs, the agents, the player. I will put, I will get as much information on, on that player as possible and watch them and get them covered. But at the end of the day, if, 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 if me and Martin put a player forward and the manager doesn't like him or doesn't fancy him, then that's that's fine because he's got to work with those players. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, and that's, you know, that's not a problem. At the end of the day, it's the man. And when, you know, as we know this season, if you know, if the manager's head on the block, at the end, you know, if the result don't go that way, it's the manager's head on the block. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be a, so, a playing squad. So, yeah, so, so he, uh, he has to have, he has to have that veto, the power of veto, as well as anything really. Yeah. So, but as I say, as I say, we know we work well as a team. I mean, recruitment is a team game. As well, so we all work hard together. You have to do, you have to trust each other. And definitely, uh, as I say, it's, uh, and, and good communication between all parties. Okay, so thank you for that, Stephen. And just finally, then we're halfway through a transfer window at the moment. We've already done. Uh, a bit of business, we've brought in uh, obviously Ebu and um, Dan Holman and, and Lamar Reynolds, so a little bit, I think, unexpected because when we had Kent on a couple of uh, couple of podcast episodes ago, he suggested that, or he said that, um, you know, a, a lot of our business may be done towards uh, the end of, uh, end of this month, so I guess sort of keep, keep our eyes peeled, I guess, is, is probably the, the message still. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot can happen between now and the end of the month. Uh, Results-wise, I think we're, um, I think as far as I'm aware, we may look to bring in one other, or Justin might look to bring in one other. Um, obviously, so we'll be working hard on that. Um, and also, Kent's, Kent's due to come over as well, towards the end of the window as well. Yeah. So I'm sure he would like to have some sort of involvement somewhere along the line. Um, so if 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 if, if there's you no know, if there's spaces uh, if, there, if there's spaces to be had and if there's someone Justin wants and they will improve the eleven, it may happen. I don't know. 
as I say, I think from what we what we can gather, it's like we're still looking at one one other possible player to come in. Um, as I say, from now from now as well, I'm sort of looking towards the summer as well. So we're still out there covering games, doing under 23 games, League Two, National League, National League South, Bostic Leagues. You know, even like you no know, grassroots. I've been doing grassroots myself today for under 16s. Right. So, so yeah, we're now we're just working, trying to cover all bases, really. No, and it sounds like you're keeping extremely busy, but it's, I think one of the key things that I'm hearing from you is that we're preparing, we're looking ahead as well as immediately, which is obviously vital, and it's not something that we've had in the last sort of three and a half years, unfortunately. So I think a lot of people that will listen to this will actually take a lot of comfort from the fact that we're not just looking at what we're doing today, but we're looking at what's going to happen with contracts that are running out in the summer, players that we might like to bring in, loans, um, you know, people that, that can strengthen the club so that we can, depending on where we are and what we're going to do, help support help support our, our end goal, basically. So Yeah, that's what, that's exactly. I mean, also, you, you, you can never sit on your laurels. You have to always look to improve. And at the moment, our first, first and foremost, uh, and our uh, biggest, you know, biggest task is to climb the table and see where it goes from there. But next season, depending on where we're going to be, um, we'll be better prepared than we, uh, than we are than we were for this season. I can guarantee you that. So that was Steve Foster, the Orient Chief Scout, who we spoke to earlier on this evening and I thought that was brilliant I thought that was really insightful so a massive thank you to Steve for coming on and giving up his Sunday night and we hope you found that uh, insightful absolutely so let's round this week's podcast up we've just touched the hour mark Yeah. Uh, but just to round up fancy football update Tim Roberts is leading our fancy football league on 1,327 points he's 30 points ahead of Andy Chalk in second places I don't recognise that name so no, the table is moving you are up to 42nd place there's a nut. Well, do we really want to tell people? Well, there's another game. The fact so there's another it, game it will, it's, you're already locked in. So I think I will end up moving either uh, two or three places down because right. I've got any United or Stoke players. So oh, I lots see. of okay. movement That's what in meant, the table. Yeah. So positives <coughs> and negatives of the week then. So positives. First of all, we're in the next round of the FA Trophy, Yay. which we're going to win, by the way. Second one <laughs> is Josh Coulson. He's now a permanent LOFC player, so we're going yeah. to get that business done early. And we all wanted that one. There'll be no one complaining about that one. Yeah. And lastly, and another massive positive, George Elikobi back in first game action, a critical player for us. And alongside Josh, would be so pivotal in central defence. So real three big positives there. Yeah, absolutely. Negatives this week. Playing extra time in a match, we really should be winning inside 90 minutes. Yep. Fullbacks, uh, a red card for, for Widdison, and another reported poor performance uh, from Jake yep. Caprice. Uh, and creating lots of chances in a game, but not being clinical enough, not scoring enough of the chances that we are creating. So therefore, putting ourselves under... Uh, unnecessary additional pressure. Yep, so hero of the week then. So this week, because we weren't at the game, we decided to run a poll on Twitter this week and it was the closest poll we've ever done. So we've done it at quite late notice. We had 177 votes and the results were as follows. So in fourth place, we had McCauley Bond at 7%. Obviously, well McCauley scored yep. the goal. Third place, Dean Brill at yep, 25%. Well so the last two, we had Josh Karoma and Joe B. McEnough. And in second place on 33% was... Josh Karoma, so which well, means that hero of the week by 2%. 
It's JB McEnough. So well done to JB McEnough. Well done, JB. They Victor mentioned him as well when we were going through Stand the match as, as, as a player who really did kind of put the performance in. So well done there to JB McEnough. And thanks for all your vote in our Twitter poll. So moving on now to next week's fixtures. Just the one fixture next week as we make the long journey away to Halifax Town back in National League action. So Halifax Town is 16th now in our league. They have 34 points, two points ahead of us. So if we beat them, we will leapfrog them in the table. So Halifax played in the FA Trophy as well as we did yesterday. And they were beaten 4-1 at home by Maidenhead. So a bit of a spanking for Halifax yesterday. The previous game, they'd beaten top of the table Macclesfield. Oh, had they? Yeah. Right, so it's a bit of a wobble of a result there for them. When we, we played them earlier <coughs> in the season, they hammered us 3 0, if you remember that. They I had do. The little winger, Solo, Denton. Tom Denton. So Solo, yeah. even though they were hammered at the weekend, want to be very careful. So if yeah. you're going, have a very safe journey. Absolutely. Additionally, the draw for the next round of the FA Trophy, as we've mentioned earlier in the show, it does take place live on TalkSport on Monday the 15th of January at 1 o'clock. We are ball number four. But later in that evening, if you haven't already, I don't know if it's too late, but the Supporters Club are hosting uh, their Meet the Manager evening with Justin Edinburgh. And we, uh, one or both of us, will will be there. And hopefully, with permission uh, being granted, we'll be able to uh, record it and yes. uh, put that up as soon as we possibly can but no doubt there will be some people live tweeting it as yeah, well absolutely so that's it so thanks for joining us for episode 129 it's going to come in at about an hour 6 or 7 it's been a busy week off the pitch for the O's as Josh Coulson was finally confirmed as a permanent O's player on Monday and swiftly followed to the club by Ebu Adams who joined us from Norwich on loan and on the pitch we came up against a lower league team in Bogdan Regis in the FA Trophy who put up a better fight than most of us expected, I would say, Yeah. and took us to extra time. But up popped Joshy K to put us through to the next round. So, yeah. you know, we've had Russell Yoshin on for many bets, so massive thanks to Russ. We've had Chief Scout Steve Foster on, so a massive thank you to Steve. Yeah. And we've had the voice of the Ozone, Dave Victor. So a massive thank you to all three people for joining us on tonight's podcast and we hope you enjoyed it yeah we'll be back uh, with episode 130 all being well next week with all the information and views that you could ever need I know and I was going to say that at the top of the show but I think I say it every single time we're powering through so as always if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe can you please give us a quick podcast review if you're listening on SoundCloud TuneIn and Stitcher make sure you've got us added to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them and if you think an older relative or someone who isn't so tech savvy would be interested in listening to this and hearing people like Dave and Steve and, and, and Russell uh, and, and other members of the uh, behind the scenes at the, at the club would be interested help them out lend them uh, something or, or, or download it for them we would be ever so grateful yeah and if you listen every week you'll know by now we have mugs for sale so it's £7 for one it's £12 for two on these cold winter nights guys teas and coffees you want a decent mug and we, we can do. promise you that decent mug so get in contact if you want one give us a DM or an email or an outlook at outlook.com yeah and just for those mug aficionados oh, it's go. not bone china <laughs> <laughs> it's just a standard mug but a good quality mug so thank you everybody for listening this week we look forward to hearing from you uh, keep calm and always listen to the Orient Outlook podcast and we are pleased to be able to play yeah. you out with the standard happy song of rocking all over the world have a good week everybody yeah. up the O's <laughs>